one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a million quiz of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to the best show of the week, Friday night, SmackDown. I'm really excited about one thing on this show, <laughs> but we should start by talking about the return of <clears throat> Brock Lesnar and the inevitable lack of appearance from Roman Reigns. Yeah, I love how they're still in their minds. And, you know, there used to be objective evidence to bear this out, but that's not the case anymore. I love how in their minds they would have Brock Lesnar as this sort of gift to television, a, a number popper, you know, like somebody that is, oh, he's going to appear on this premium live event, so it's a more elevated stage as a result. And you can earnestly and honestly start a podcast with, uh, there's one thing on this show I'm hugely excited about, but first we've got to get to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just because we're completely obsessed with a specific bit that is coming later on the show. That is also because uh, Brock Lesnar is no longer the spice and the spark that he once was on these shows either. It is... Quite remarkable to me, I feel like I'm just repeating this every single week, it is absolutely remarkable to me that WWE think that producing either Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns on one show, if only the other one was here, is sufficient enough to build a match when neither of them are the highlight of a show and the match they're building to feels absolutely exhausted, knackered, and nobody's that excited for yeah. it. It is incredible. At least when... So Rock Cena 2 was this thing that was... You know, like, beating over the head for years. Oh, twice in a lifetime, blah, blah, blah. But A, Rock and Cena would be on the cars together all the time, and they're coming face-to-face. Like, that experience was exhilarating and electrifying, seeing them together in any circumstance. I ain't got to write my promo notes on my head. Oh, man, yeah. And The Rock and John Cena were there. So it was very much a case of, well, The Rock's on TV, and he's the WWE champion. I have to, <laughs> I know that, I know this is a rematch, but I have to tune in. And John Cena just won the Royal Rumble, and he needs to turn his year around by defeating The Rock. Like, I genuinely think they approach this program in the same way. Yeah, you fans in, I don't know, Arizona are so lucky this week that you've got Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah, what's he doing? Well, talking about the thing. Maybe chucking around a jobber. Yeah, like, 
bad news for the Usos, as if it hasn't been that over and over again. Or I like, th- I'm not suggesting Cowboy Brock won't do something good, but and you know he's quite funny with it, and he's a surprisingly engaging talker. Yes, free from Paul Heyman and in this version of himself. But I just don't think it's you know we. We never really have anything to preview. It's always Brock Lesnar returns or Brock Lesnar speaks or whatever. They have given up trying to suggest mm-hmm. it's anything other than a transparent ratings grab. What Paul Heyman the other week put over Brock Lesnar in a more meaningful way than any Brock Lesnar appearance in the last few months. Like if it was down to me, like it, it, we know the the numbers that WWE paint with to get to next Saturday. Mm-hmm. So you've got two SmackDowns and one Raw. Yeah, the Raw is MSG, huge show, Rey Mysterio celebration. Tribal Chief's going to be showing up. there or not? I don't know, but I know the Tribal Chief's going to be there. I think they're probably going to do the gimmick. Friday's Brock, Monday's Roman, and maybe next Friday is is both. Mm -hmm. If it was down to me, because, like you say, this feels so tired and worn Mm -hmm. out, why not set it up? It's not going to happen this, so I'm sorry for injecting this in everyone's brains. Six man, Roman and the Usos versus Brock and the Street Profits. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. The next Friday, right? Having said that... That's a really cool main event. That's a a really, really cool TV main event as well. And you don't... I I know it's it's WWE and people are going to roll their eyes, but that is one match where you don't necessarily have to have a finish. It can all break down and you go, well, it's going to have to be dealt with by bloody Jeff Jarrett on Saturday. I was just going to say, it could all break down, but I can think of a referee that could fix it. And if you are pitching to me a physical interaction between Jeff Jarrett and Brock Lesnar... Well, I was going to pitch. I was going to pitch that as potentially a storyline for tonight. There's two things mm-hmm. that could make tonight good, other than you know, Brock's going to come out and say, "I've been, yeah, you isn't Paul Heyman a hog?" And I do, I kill animals, yeah. and then I'm going to kill Roman on next Saturday, and maybe Theory's going to show up and be an annoying twat because mm-hmm. that's what he does. I don't care. Two things to make it far better than just Brock Lesnar returns and has a bit of a chat to open SmackDown for the first twenty minutes. Save a bit of time on the review t- on Monday, but you know. <laughs> Two things. Number one, and we'll talk more about him in due course, you have an interaction between him and Jeff Jarrett because, oh, oh my God. What if, and they're not going to do this either, but it's come to me and I'm going to say it anyway, yeah, yeah, and now do. you have to think about it too. They're not going to do this because it doesn't make Brock Lesnar look good. What if Brock Lesnar's doing a thing, Roman Reigns' music hits, mm-hmm. Roman obviously doesn't come out because I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But Brock Lesnar... Because he's a baby face. He gets, he turns, he faces the ramp. Who sneaks in behind him? But the Usos. And they can have, I don't know, a bloody cattle prod or a 20 chairs, right? Yeah. To make it look like a... Jeff Jarrett makes the save. Oh. Right? Like that. Yeah. Or, equally as good and probably far more feasible, Brock Lesnar comes out tonight and says, Tribal Chief sucks. I'm going to kill him. Paul Heyman's a hog again. Who should come out to defend the honour of the Tribal Chief? Of the bloodline, but the honorary use, Sami Zayn. I need another interaction between Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar, is what I'm saying. It's good stuff. It's uh, Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar. It's proven good Sorry, stuff. Sorry, Sami. I, I realize I've gone from booking you in Money in the Bank to saying, uh, you're the jobber that he's chucking around this week. It's WWE's brand of LTST because they had all those interactions prior to Sami even being involved with Roman Reigns, if you recall. Remember the Sami Brock mini series of stuff together? Was that before the day one match that didn't happen? Was that when they were doing Sami and Brock? Yes. Around that time, isn't it? And. I just think that it's a natural place to go to at very least. I don't think enough is being spoken because of, and maybe this is by design, in fairness to WWE, because of theory being the out front, I'm going to do something at SummerSlam. I don't think enough is being discussed about that Sami Zayn might instead 
Because the Usos are, I think, going to lose the tag belts at SummerSlam. I know this is prediction fodder for next week. Mm -hmm. But I think they're probably going to lose at SummerSlam. And then there's going to be this sense of desperation around, obviously, Roman retaining to ensure that the bloodline stay on top. So then the Usos are there and they get ran off by the Street Profits or whoever. And you think, well, now Roman really is in... Like, we've seen the desperation act happen. And then... You're thinking, well, but like the Usos have come out and now they're dispatched. The theory, the door is open for theory, isn't it? And I think like they're wanting you to overlook that Sami Zayn's going to be a real difference maker. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's going to do something like, and something like the Haluva kick is perfect because all it takes is Brock to be in a corner and then Sami with the literal running, bang across the ring, a boot hard to the head that Brock doesn't see coming. Down he goes and then leaves him. Tomato prone. Brock as well. Tomato Brock. And then Roman is then, like, Roman can finish him off with his finisher. I'm not suggesting Brock Lesnar get pinned by a finisher from mere Sami Zayn. Mm. But a guillotine. Yeah, something like that. I'd, like, I think they're wanting us to not think about that on purpose. So maybe it's then to... It gets in the way of that to have Sammy and Brock interact, but I, I, they're so fun together. Sammy Zane's the most fun element of the bloodline. When was the last time Brock Lesnar wrestled on TV? Oh, God. No, years and years ago, years wasn't it? Ago, it's not been ago. recently. He's not, I've not forgotten a recent one where he's just decided, oh, well, let's have a match then, even if it's like a 10-seconder. Bare knuckle fight. So he obviously wrestled on SmackDown against Kofi Kingston, where he won the world yep. title. All eight seconds of it. Did he do, has he done one since? I feel like there was one since and I cannot remember. Maybe on Raw. I'll have a glance at his cage match yeah. whilst we're talking about Liv and, and Ronda in a bit. What if tonight Brock says, you know what? I'm up for it. Mm. First time in ages, I'll have a match. And Sami Zayn goes, I would wrestle you, but my arm's in a sling. <laughs> and then you kind of get away with it a little yeah. bit and he can still F5 him or whatever. Comes out in his shorts. Well, unfortunately, I've not been medically clear. F5. Yeah. That's when I'm ready to Roman. There, just just give me something other than a zinger from Brock. I know, and then the music hits and you realise oh, that's all the Brock we're getting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in terms of the women's world title, though, as I mentioned, uh, Liv Morgan will face Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. Tonight they go face-to-face. I really like this story. I think it's fan- fantastically intriguing. It's Yeah. Uh, I think it's all right. I think they were a little bit too... Um, they were playing a little bit too fast and loose with the sympathy Liv Morgan had built up. And they seemed, and I understand this as well, they were kind of into the, uh, you know, the Liv Morgan-Natalia shoot. Yeah. Whatever it was that occurred on that house show to build to that match last week. It wasn't, we talked about this, I think we reviewed SmackDown, didn't we? It just wasn't, the match wasn't strong enough. It wasn't the sort of Liv Morgan wins and now the fans are with her and now she's seen as credible and she can stop Ronda Rousey. It was now something really. So I would quite like this week, Ronda, to just turn up how much of an arsehole she can be. I would quite like to have Ronda do the sort of hair ruffling, patronising, the one we talk about quite a lot, the aggressive pat on the back where Liv Morgan like leaps forward. Yeah. Like kind of you get that, you hear, almost you hear it like the like kind of pat on the back. Yeah, good target defence, champ. See, some of the time, all that kind of stuff. Let's have a bit of that from Ronda. We all know where this is heading. Yeah, yeah. and I just think that the, why, why fight that when the match is going to be better through having a fairly earnest heel babyface divide. Liv Morgan has generated some significant cheers and uh, there's been, what, measures done on house shows and that about the fact that she's seen as over and the internally people are happy with her as a babyface. So leaning to Ronda being the heel and this being insurmountable for Morgan, it's not a difficult story to tell and it makes the pairing, it makes the story easier on the night because if you're doing like the mixed reaction for Ronda, then you're just diluting what could be mm. quite a nasty match. 
Yeah, I think I think it's far more palatable as well. Look, they they put their cards on the table last week when they made Kayla Braxton the heel. Yeah. By saying hmm, that wasn't a very good title defense. You took longer than Ronda there. That's so strange. Like, have Ronda say that. Yeah. But I don't I don't think you have to necessarily turn her heel tonight. Mm. But just like people are already like eh, not really sure about you. Yeah. You're not the Ronda that I remember from when you arrived, and that's understandable. So like, yeah, have her be the one to say. I mean. Took longer than I did against Natalia, mm-hmm. and I was bloody injured, and all that, or whatever. However you want to do it, just look, we all know the story going into SummerSlam, and it's unpredictable. I'll give them that because mm-hmm. you know you'd think, well, they don't put the title on Liv following a cash in to then take it off for a month later, but then it's Ronda, and you kind of going, well, we're, we're going to get to to WrestleMania with Ronda holding one of the titles as a heel, one would assume. So why not? Why it could be easily be the SmackDown Women's Title, but yeah, you have to turn a heel, and there's not a better moment than like you don't. Again, you don't have to make it be like you know what I'm going to cheat to beat you at some time. Yeah, time. it doesn't need Just to be an obvious. A, thing. Like you say, a patronizing like because it would feel understandable. It would feel like, honest. UFC fighting yeah, world champion, you ran through people. It would feel true, which I think is something that often, and you know, I, we might get to this in this preview, but there is one heel turn. In, on the show, and indeed in this women's division, where it doesn't, it just feels so fake, yes, so rubbish. Whereas Ronda Rousey thinking that way about Liv Morgan would feel true and believable in character. I love, by the way, because I'm with you. I think it's pretty unpredictable. I love that the sales pitch for SummerSlam right now is like we got 600 rematches, and one of them you can't quite call. That's, <laughs> that's what they're offering. And uh, a little peek behind the curtain as well. Four things advertised for SmackDown tonight: Brock uh-huh. Lesnar, Liv Morgan, yeah. the Shinsuke match we'll talk about, and the big thing. The big thing. So I'm looking around for my notes. I like to make five bullet points mm-hmm. for a thing. And I was like, oh, I can't be asked talking about Lacey Evans being a heel again. I, I'd rather talk more about Sheamus and Drew McIntyre and their never-ending, not-happening match. Oh, I mean, is it another rematch to be added to SummerSlam? It's feeling that way, isn't yep. it? You've got to keep him busy till Clash at the Castle, basically. I think I think I had the second-best pitch out there when I was suggesting. And it doesn't, if you do that at SummerSlam, sorry to interrupt, but if you do it at SummerSlam, it's not like if you put this on before the last one Sunday match, that gives away who's going to win it. Oh, Three yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I thought I had the second best pitch for the referee um, idea where Drew's the enforcer and Sammy's the ref. <coughs> we came up with the best one. Jeff yeah. Jarrett, the referee. Fair play to them. Ref Jarrett. <laughs> anybody said that? Yet? I don't think so. Oh, don't that's think a so. tweet. Ref Jarrett. Um, yeah, it's, I, I thought there was more to that because it's a shame to me that rather than having... This Drew stuff is so odd. So when he said, well, I'm fighting a clash at the castle, and then and and then I thought, is that is that all they're going to do? They're going to say, I'm fighting a clash at the castle. And it's like, no, he's got to manifest. He's got to win money in the bag, and he doesn't. But he's still saying, but I'm going to fight the clash at the castle. So it becomes this, you know, the... Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> Nothing can keep you, keep you from Drew. Right? So he just keeps going, and it's like, well, what's the latest mountain? And then they just can't be asked to erect one. So, <laughs> many mountains kicking around backstage? No, but like people quite like it when you fight Seamus. Yeah, I'll do. Like it's so. I just thought, right? I was giving them the benefit of the doubt that if it's not money in the bank, like they wouldn't say it unless they had this proper plotted out. Get it on the whiteboard. Drew does this and this and this and this, so that it simply has to be Drew and Roman Reigns. It's this sort of WWE can do this sometimes, where it's typically around Rumble at WrestleMania season, where it's just like. If you're the champion and if you're a heel, the inevitable has happened. Like it is now, there is no choice, but you have to fight this person, you know. Uh, Becky and Bianca would probably be an obvious one from this year. 
There is nothing, nobody can stop this baby face mm-hmm. on his or her rise to the title. And oh, look, it's come around the time of a big show. Saw's heel champion. Like, this is your reckoning. Mm-hmm. This is your comeuppance, the whole deal. This just feels so limp. Like, oh, what's, what, what journey must Drew have gone on to finally get this huge opportunity in his home kind of nation? Yeah. Um, well, he just beat a guy that he's beaten like 300 times yeah, in like a series. Like, they're all, yeah, the they're matches are good. Matches, and, yeah. Like, but it just doesn't. Feels so lightweight, stakes-wise. And, uh, like, what did he do to get that last match? Well, he, like, bent his fake sword on a rope. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know, he's ready. <laughs> I, I feel like they've worked this backwards. So they've gone, right, final SmackDown before SummerSlam. If we're not going to do it with Brock and Roman, we'll do a contract signing. Yeah. Right? And then they've gone, uh, in the preceding weeks, you've got Butch, Ridge Holland. So tonight you've got Butch and Ridge Holland. It's mm-hmm. that simple for me. I, and Please, WWE, we know you listen. Please don't make any references to potential global pandemics anymore. Whether it's oh, monkeypox or COVID, just say, "Oh, he's a dastardly heel," and he's said, "Oh, I'm not. I've pulled me hammy," or what? Just yeah. don't reference something that is really too close to the bone. It's just like you know, we were kind of making a reference that Christian was like, "Well, who in the locker room's got a thing that I can be cruel about?" Yeah. It's as if, well, we've done like on a national, on a global scale, we've done the pandemic and we've done monkeypox. Are they just going to pull up in the local town and get the paper and see what people are nervous about at the moment? You know, like <laughs> like in the UK, for example, if it was a heat wave, it's like Seamus, oh, I wanted to, but I was at home in England and I've got heat stroke. Yeah. Or like those dogs that were found in the back of that van. It's like I was trapped in a van for three days. Like, ju- it's just. Butch has been trapped in a van. <laughs> That's what they do. Like, I, I wanted to wrestle you tonight, Drew, but uh, I've, I found Butch in the back of a van. He's feral, the poor guy. Like, uh, I just. I just don't like any of this and what's worse it's given me i've got so little faith in this drew roman thing now because of how slapdash they've been slapdash not slapjack (laughs) getting drew there we were talking about this in the office the other day i've got sneaking suspicion so when lex luger defeated uh, yokozuna by count out at summerslam 1993 and celebrated like he won the title that's the one uh jim Cornette had put in a stipulation where he can never fight for the title again so the count out win was this sort of well Ah, oh, you might as well use your balloons now because you're, you're not allowed to do the title shot. Are they going to do this to Drew, right, and say, look, you get one shot of this. You wanted this clash at the castle, and you can have it, right, but you get you get one. This is not, no more rematches. The tribal chief is going to smash you like he smashed everybody else, and that's you, you're out. And uh, somehow they jimmy it that Drew only wins one of the titles. This is mm, what we were discussing. Exactly. And he just wins the WWE title. So it's like, finally, the tribal chief has been stopped a bit. <laughs> he's now just, Kingston said he was going to get Jericho to bleed. Uh, he's, he's, now, he's now exactly where he was before WrestleMania. <laughs> and the 600-whatever-day reign can continue. So it's like, so in a way, we're giving you both, except we're giving you neither yeah. because this is so unfeeling. And Drew holds up a belt at the end and they get the visual. It just if it, it's making me feel like they've diluted it to this point and they're going to dilute it further in the run mm. up to the actual pip in Wales. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm going to cheer you up a bit now. Yes, as, as last week's SmackDown did, I was watching it uh, on, on Sunday night thinking, oh, this is a bad show, <laughs> right? I'm not looking forward to even, you know, Mr. Positivity, Michael Hamflet. I'm not looking forward <laughs> to, uh, to to reviewing that with you on Monday. And then right at the last second, they pull. You totally redeem it. <laughs> they mirrored it. They had a. They had a. You've got. You've got like three. Like get our jail free cards. Yeah. One of them is Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. One of them is Kevin Nash. Yeah. And one of them. What would be your other third one? Brett. Brett. Yeah. So like they're like Nash busy with the pod. And congratulations to him. Uh, always nice to support new podcasters. Welcome, Kevin. If you want to come on and get a bit of exposure, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Brett's busy doing Brett stuff. He's just, he's just got like a few money when it comes to WWE, yeah. hasn't he? He'll do it if he fancies it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Jeff Jarrett, who always wins. It's great. Like the brick. He's gla- the opposite. Glass and Escape of Hampstead. Yeah. You've got those three. <laughs> so last week, it was like. Um, sadistically hilarious to me. They don't get Brock. No. They don't get Roman. No. But they get Jeff Jarrett in a video package. <laughs> Is this week the week where hopefully he... Sh- I mean, he's backstage. I was going to say, I've written, could Jeff Jarrett show up? He's already there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Unless but- he's training for Ric Flair's last match. He said, oh, my God. He's, <laughs> he's, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to make more work for you. But like that would be... Uh, do it. He's the greatest motherfucker to swing a guitar. <laughs> it's Michael Hamlet's favorite wrestler. <laughs> if you haven't seen this, by the way, it occurred to me that we kind of turned this into a running gag on the Dynamite review. Oh, yeah. One of the many things that has popped the What Culture office about the um, Ric Flair's last match. And it's a guilty pop as well. It's, oh, it's it? the guiltiest pop. Um, the retirement run. These videos that they've produced... Because the card's pretty good. The, under, the undercard is pretty yeah. impressive. And then it's like, so right, we've, we've assembled this pretty good undercard for Ric Flair's last match. But Got Clark Connors wrestling. Well, indeed. And Clark Connors. <laughs> it's main, it feels very irresponsible, this whole thing. Like, Ric Flair's going to take his pacemaker off to wrestle. That shouldn't be a sentence. Nope. Like, and yet this match is happening. And then... I think Ric Flair getting coverage shouldn't be a sentence. Yeah, even the, um, even the videos, the vignettes, the build-ups have been like... You've got these talking heads and wrestlers saying, well, I don't think you should be doing this. And all like they're, they're kind of trying to own that this is potentially a really terrible idea. And then they do this, If for anybody that's not seen it, my God, stop what you're doing. Like, pause this podcast, go watch it, and then come back. They run this vignette where it's Double J and um, very much single J, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, as the tag team opponents for Andrade and Ric Flair. And, you know, you might not be familiar with Ric Flair's real life, but you're going... Andrade and Ric Flair. Like Andrade is one of the most dynamic motherfuckers in the business. <laughs> Ric Flair clarifies this. 
So you get this huge dun 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 dun. They've blooded up Ric Flair in a car park. They're walking away. Karen Jarrett, like oh. worker and a half, wears white for it. So she's covered in bloodstains, oh. like in her gear. Unbelievable. They've blooded up Jeff Jarrett. They've left him to die in this car park. And then Ric Flair has the final words, like to remind them of the they've got themselves into. It's like, uh, and he's talking about Andrade. At this point, a graphic has come up. They've not even filled anything to turn them together. He's the baddest motherfucker in this business. It's like graphic. <laughs> like you think that's the end of the video. And then like six long seconds pass. He's my son in law. It's Michelle McCool. Loser leaves the WWE <laughs> all <laughs> over again. They have assumed, possibly rightfully so, that people cannot for the life of them work out why Ric Flair and Andrade are teaming together. Yeah. It's like, and he's my son in law. This is family. <laughs> this is a family business. Right there. Which kind of tacitly advertises that Charlotte's going to be there. She said as much as it's going to be. So there's all this kind of bells and whistle appeal to it. And now, yeah, just anything. There can be the whatever MF in the business and then something. Yeah. And it's that's it now. It's a thing. <laughs> a thing. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a guy that like some people really selectively like for quite funny reasons. And he's a referee. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. And it, it like... I also really want it to happen because Brock Lesnar on the show will inevitably do a decent number for SmackDown. Mm. Always does. He still is a draw. But I like the idea if Jeff Jarrett shows up that we can go, oh, there we go. There's the real draw. Like, yeah. not advertised. Shows up, you know, backstage. The Usos are being like, oh, maybe you could be an honor member of the bloodline. And the street was like, maybe you want a bit of the smoke or your own solo cup or whatever it is. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to call it down the middle, guys. And they do a three million rate, a three million well, viewers or whatever. Well, and again, right, you've got to... Remember, despite the fact that he has this backstage job, and to me, Jeff Jarrett is so many things to me, and I'd like to do a long-form podcast on this one day, but in the short, like, just for the benefit of this review. Sid is off next week. We could, we, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett retrospective. Daddy's not here. We, we can just do, the, the, the inmates are running the asylum next week. Jarrett retrospective. <laughs> um, no time for a dynamite review. We're going to talk about Jarrett instead. <laughs> like, he is, like, that My World theme. It's just incredible because it does sum up that wrestling is his world. Yeah. Like that kind of, I, I look at him and I just hear that. <laughs> like he goes to the Indies and he works this like, last out and he works one match, he beats Effie and then he leaves and he gets his WWE job back. And it's like, of course he does. He's Jeff fucking Jarrett, mate. Like that, I wouldn't expect anything less of it. Yeah. Like he's, he, he looked at, he fancied being an indie darling. He was like, no, I'll just work the biggest GCWO show ever, thanks. And I'll yep. go over, by the way. I'll do the stroke where somebody's got a guitar on their head. I, that's me. I'm out. The fact, like John Moxley's got the belt. Like, he works this like semi-regular schedule for him. He cares. He wants to give back. Not Double J. No, thank you, sir. It's so funny because growing up, like, you know, I sort of missed Jarrett when mm. he was in WWF, as it was. I, it was kind of just passed, either passed me the by. The very, or... very back end of the Don't Piss Me Off run. Yeah, yeah. it was. It just I just don't remember that, to mm. be perfectly honest. And then I grow up, and I, you know, vaguely am aware of TNA. I didn't really Triple watch G. TNA. Yeah. yeah. And then I hear people saying, like, <laughs> you know, he, he burnt through his daddy's money so fast in TNA, he had to get Thingy's money in. And then I grow up and, and you know, eventually land this ridiculously amazing job. And then suddenly, like, you're like, oh, he just wins. Yeah, he just wins. Just like, he just, you know, life just goes, no. I like the look of that dollar. Yeah. I'm going to make a dollar and one cent. <laughs> I, ju- I, ju- I love him. He's a he's a genius, and I'd love to interview him again. Oh, Christ I interviewed that. him before, and it was kind of we were sort of pussyfooting around because he's going into the Hall of Fame, and yeah. and it was over. It was over Skype. And we it, wanted to give his. his I want to sit down with that man. I want to smell his musk, and I want to <laughs> talk about how on earth he's just 
come out smelling of roses like this. I, I love, love it. it. I love him so much. And and yet, so in spite of all that, yeah, the point I was going to make was, in spite of all of that, Vince McMahon only knows him as the country singer we promoted for like two yep. years, right? So like every time you see, it's all, it's never like... And he hated him. Yeah. Like, didn't really get him, didn't really like him. He's like, oh, decent singer or something, right? So in my mind, when they're thinking, right, what have we got... Like, all those writers, those terrified writers, some of them have never even watched wrestling and don't really know what they've got with Jeff Jarrett. It's like, how can we incorporate Jeff Jarrett into the Street Profits and the Usos? Well, we can't. This makes no sense. <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense. And then, what pleases Vince today about Jeff Jarrett being involved in the Usos and uh, uh, Street Profits? And just like, uh, dress them like country singers. <laughs> so I think tonight, either the Usos, in an effort to suck up to Jeff Jarrett, or the Street Profits in this kind of we're paying tribute to a Hall of Famer. Because there's two ways you spin it. Or Brock Lesnar is a tag team partner. <laughs> there you go. They're made to be country singers. Yeah. Like and like I know Road Dog's gone now, but like they like it's not it wasn't Jeff Jarrett's theme, but with my baby tonight, it's yeah, very yeah, closely yeah. attached to him. And like one of them like the Street Profits are dancing backstage with solo cups in the air. Street Profits karaoke, just like it was July 4th all over again. Or the use of doing it in a kissy up way. Yeah. Like I just yeah, I really want to see people sucking up to Jeff Jarrett. They don't see the point of sucking up to Scrap Daddy, so they uh, suck up to Jeff Jarrett instead. Love it. Also, uh, I don't you know. It's overdone. This is like content stuff on the internet, and some people do it really well. To be fair, I've seen a lad who does it with football supporters. But like you know, future you shows. Imagine future you showing up when. Vince McMahon has just bought WCW, and his sole purpose <laughs> is this guy is done. Yeah, Everyone else I'll take a look at. You know, contracts might be a bit expensive, and people can sit at home, and I'll bring them back when I can be bothered, and I'll wreck the invasion. How, but I'll, this I'll guy from the business can yeah. off. Yeah. And, like, he's, uh, oh, what's he doing in 2022? Potentially taking over the entire company. <laughs> yeah. What? It's insane. But so he's um, Vincent Mann, the guy that really never wants his talent to operate outside of the WWE bubble. He's going to be used to get an enormous 30,000-plus uh, stadium pop in his home state, his hometown, <laughs> pretty much. And then the next night, he's going to work in Indy as a favour. Like, the, in the headline match of it. Ah, oh, just, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, another thing that's quite good, and I do really like at the moment, sadistically again, is Ludwig Kaiser getting the sh- chopped out of him by Gunther. He's been put again in a match with Shinsuke Nakamura. And this... This, I'll, I'll defend this. This is some good booking from WWE. Last, uh, whatever it was, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. Gunther comes out and goes, I'm not doing an open challenge. You're dumb. Yeah. He's a heel. He's not a baby face. You need to prepare. Look at size. You don't need to prepare for anyone, mate. He's in incredible shape. But he comes out and goes, I'm not doing that. Shinsuke goes, all right, well, if you're not here, I'll fight your, your little assistant, who's also a great wrestler in Ludwig Kaiser, right? Beats him. Ludwig, uh, Gunther goes, well, you have to be punished now, and also randomly punished last week. Shinsuke fights him again this week. He's inevitably going to beat him, and we're going to set up a former IC champion, as I've said since he won the title against the current IC champion. Great. I, I, I love you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Um, you too. I'll tell the listeners why I love you. So this <laughs> this morning we went out and got um we went out and got some coffees mm. and Adam Wilborn I'm assuming has basically put money in his own bank account because tell the listeners that, like describe the coffee you ordered from people today. Well, I was feeling a bit fancy and I wanted a caramel latte. Okay, well, hang on. So I was feeling fancy and I bought myself an oat milk latte. Yeah. You were feeling fancy and I thought, sir, shun that up a little bit. What's the uh, energizer latte you've got there, good sir? 
an energizer latte. Like, you might as well just go on the counter and say, uh, can I uh, invest in Adam Wilborn Enterprises, please? <laughs> Just like buying stocks and shares in your own company. Yeah. Energizer latte. And why I bring that up is because when I was five or six years old, uh, and I was just, wrestling was this new thing to me, and it was my everything immediately. It was my absolutely everything immediately, and the Ultimate Warrior was my guy. And I distinctly remember um, going to some, like, shopping centre or something like that with my mom or dad, and there was a face paint guy there oh. and obviously wrestling was having its first big boom and i got worried for that like and i just i've got this memory did wash your face for a week presumably. didn't want it but i've got this memory of getting home right and like whatever i'd been wearing that day it was straight in uh the underpants or the shorts and running around like the ultimate warrior like i'm a kid it's fine this is not weird yeah like i'm not saying me as a 37 year old runs around in his underpants at home with face paint on I'm not not saying that, but <laughs> certainly as a kid, so I'm running around pretending to be a little warrior, like th- pretending things are ropes and shaking them, things like a garden fence, I think it was, like, all this sort of stuff. Washing line. Because what I'd seen on the wrestling show was, like, had this inspirational impact on me that I just wanted to replicate it immediately. Last Friday night, Gunther chopped the living out of Paul Ludwig Kaiser's chest. What was mid-30s Adam Wilborn doing on a Saturday 24 hours after that scene. Uh, get my mate who stagged who it was, uh, who's dressed as Macho Man Randy Savage, chopped my chest in a nightclub in uh, Manchester. And all of a sudden, I get why this resonates so much with you. You've seen a thing, like, child me sees a thing and is like, I've got to be that thing, I've yeah. got to do that thing. Adult you has seen a thing and we're like, stag do, is it? Like, <laughs> So funny as well, because it's the stag who's meant to get punished. And somehow the best man's there going, lads, line up, we're all doing chops. Full edge. You, Full. what are you doing? I've never met you before. Do you want to chop me in the chest? It's like, that's not how being the best man works. You don't like the punishments. No, I'm edge, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Tearing open one of your lovely, like, sort of very tasteful shirts. It was, a, to be fair, a loud shirts night, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, so, like, for a change, there was a justification. Oh, no, that wasn't the loud shirt. That was night two. <laughs> Everyone else wearing normal clothes, and I was like, in solidarity with the stag, I'm going to wear my Claudio Lugly Sting shirt. Yeah. So people, someone came up. So you can tear it up. Yeah, and exactly. Ridiculous. Love it. Uh, and I just, that said a lot to me about, well, a man that buys an Energizer coffee when he wakes up and is an Energizer coffee. And uh, yeah, and it, it just, it helped me understand your emotional connection to this yeah. story that I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. It's very basic. I'm scared of like pain and like chaos. I love I love knowing you because I get to be front row for it sometimes without mm-hmm. actually having to be it. <laughs> and um, I look at this angle. Like, I don't want it. I do not want it. I, I, I'm I was being dragged kicking and screaming into this Gunther versus the world thing. But WWE, it, it's just it, a little bit of this is uh, rivers of hatred in Ghostbusters too. Like, <laughs> they just Gunther and Ludwig just get on, and Vince has taken one look at that and been like, "What a mate!" If there's one thing this doesn't guy have, it's friends. Everyone can have friends, Vince. Nope. Yeah. Never. Never heard of it. Like he doesn't get human interactions, does he? He doesn't. He doesn't get Brett, like, Brett and Owen fighting each other, but they're brothers. Wouldn't they get along? That's not how it works, Vince. It's like he's a dominant guy, and you know, mates elevated him and helped him get there. No, don't understand. Mm. Do not compute. And I, I don't like where it goes. It works for me this because, like, my in my booking, it's not going to go this way because it's WWE, and they like when was the last time there was an IC title match on premium live event? Let's not forget, guys. Can you imagine right. Giovanni Vinci coming up and joining them and wanting to take like group photos? <laughs> right, but it's really easy this to book. Shin beats Shin. I'm Shin. Talking, talking like him now. Shinsuke beats Ludwig again. Tonight. <laughs> I was talking to Ludwig backstage, and he was telling me, "Get chopped on a stag do." <laughs> right. So he gets beat. Ludwig Kaiser gets absolutely clobbered with a chop. Maybe so much so that he's not even there next week on the go-home show. Mm-hmm. 
You put the IC title match on the premium live event. You have Ludwig Kaiser, uh, you have Gunther, sorry, take Shinsuke Nakamura far too lightly. There's even a moment when you think, is this the old Shinsuke back? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen this, by the way. <laughs> but you have that moment and you think, oh my God. And he hits him with the Kinshasa and you think, oh my God, mm -hmm. this is it. This is the first loss. It's coming. Kicks out. And maybe even you have Ludwig Kaiser cheat to help his mate. They're not going to do this, but they're definitely going to do Shinsuke winning tonight, aren't they? Yes, they will. And then maybe Gunther sees his opportunity and chops Shinsuke instead of or whatever. But Gunther, they have made, I'll give them this, Gunther, Shinsuke, Nakamura meant absolutely nothing to me. They've kind of meant it. They've, they've made it to the point where I don't particularly mind it on a SummerSlam card. Exactly. Like it's, I wouldn't say I'm in love Sorry, with this story. Off some sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, God forbid the Intercontinental title got in the premium yeah. live then. Um, Oh, yeah, imagine if it does. Imagine if, like, finally the streak is over and then that last minute they relegate to the kickoff. Not be surprised whatsoever, mate. Right, listen, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. I'm too, I'm, I'm excited. Yes. The coffee is kicking in. There we go. And I want to talk about Maxime Dupree. Your arms went full ball family there. His sister, Max Dupree, the biggest star in wrestling right now, mm. has a sister. Yep. She's helping with Maximum Male Models. Oui. And it's the Beachwear Collection yeah. tonight. It, this is the best thing in wrestling right now. You can keep your John Moxley's. Absolutely. He's, he's really good. Well mm. done to him, right? He's not Max Dupree and Maximum Male Models and Marseille and Mansoir. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. I will fight anyone who says this isn't a good thing. It's one of the best things in WWE. Um, Even Sidge was like, I don't know how they've managed to pull this off. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, you know, he's cynical, but... He even he knows someone snuck this past Vince, distracting with like Lacey Evans multiple face and heel <laughs> turns, and they've also gone. You know, it's the Paul Heyman thing I said of like, yeah, 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 you can have all this bollocks with that, and we're gonna have the the SmackDown Six or whatever it is. It's time. It's yeah, yeah, yeah you can have Lacey Evans just chin in a leer every week and telling everyone you suck, and I'm in the military. <laughs> and then they've gone, yeah, and uh, there's just this section with like just this lad who's full of banter. Yeah, it's retribution in fancy clothes. I'm one of the same people. Like funny names, little characters like over the letters and over the vowels and stuff like that for Marseille and Mansoir. And now indeed tonight, Maxine Dupree. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, Ginny, isn't it? It's Ginny. And you said, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about Gunther anymore, but like maybe there's a nice thing happening here. There's a real life relationship Gunther. between these two. And <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Just thought about it. It's me merits it. 100% it merits it. We don't often use it. Well, I do, but who cares? Oh my God. Gunther and Ludwig being added to the. I would put them in. Like the red. The red detail on Gunther's gear now, like, I think that's maximum male model, like, qualification. Mm -hmm. And, like, these gym selfies, I, I mean, he posts where he's got his body out <laughs> and he looks amazing. Um, I, it's, it's Ginny, we think. I'm going to use this as an opportunity for a cheap plug. I wrote an article um, about how I believe that, like, WWE have finally exposed AEW's most embarrassing I, went, I read this. It's really oh, good. thank you. Thank you very much. It's available to read right now on whatclutch.com forward slash WWE. If anyone listens to the podcast and, you know, they listen to this now, so I assume they do. It's a longer form take where, I, where earlier this week I was putting over, I think, the modest success that NXT 2.0 is starting to make of its women's division, especially in contrast to AEW's. Uh, and Ginny has leapt, frog, has, like, leapt over that entirely onto SmackDown into this gimmick. She's not going to be part of the now 20-plus women in the NXT 2.0 women's division. She's instead going to be Maxine Dupree. Oh. Wee wee! And be a... What? Is she, what, like, what, is she going to be like the style assistant or something like that? Is it going to turn out that like Max Dupree 
is the owner of Maximum Male Models, but he can't be expected to be the wardrobe director or the... He's busy fashion. talking about people's glutes and stuff he's like that. He's up deals. He's, yeah, he's making sure that the body's... Talking into people's necks. Fit the clothes. So I would assume that Maxine Dupree is this figure who works with an underling who she tells, you're not going to Paris. And <laughs> is, the, is the one in charge of setting up the... Imagine so like she's got an underling and she like SummerSlam weekend is approaching and she's like, you're not going to Nashville. <laughs> I've just thought of what I want tonight. Yeah. Along with, I mean, take your pick out of Marseille and Mansoir wearing elaborate beach wear. Mm-hmm. And like they did when they did the Wimbledon collection, having like old rackets or whatever. Oh. Have them walk out of like those little huts that you all used to see, right, to model yeah. tonight. Yes. Stuff like that. Or they have... they've A tied, a tied hanky bandana. Someone's, instead of a red carpet, is sand. Yes. It's sand, obviously. Yes. And someone can get pissed off that they have to walk through the sand later. Yeah. Maybe the swords, I don't bloody know. Maybe the sand's too hot and the models can't get their shoes back. Uh, Original content. Definitely well, not done in the last two months for a title feud. <laughs> Rewind, early on in the night, all I want from tonight's SmackDown. You can keep your Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn gimmicks. You can keep your Shinsuke Nakamura. You can keep your Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey, all that stuff. All I want tonight mm-hmm. in my to, to make my weekend is a Dupree sandwich with Pierce in the middle. Idea. Both of them talking yeah, into his neck. Such a good idea. Yeah, it's a family trait that they don't know. He's like, oh, goes to turn away, and there's Maxine Dupree. Oh, have you met my sister, Maxine Dupree? Oh, God, I love it, Wilborn. I thought I had the pitch. I'll do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I love this fact. That- We're going to do it anyway. The, uh, we should note that during the process of the various uh, works that were being done while people were listening, thanks for still listening. We've checked the charts and our numbers didn't seem to take a big drop. Either ones. Um, while, say, for example, we were talking about something going on a SmackDown and it's like, yes, Anthony, what do you think uh, tonight is... Uh, <laughs> I can't appreciate enough that you kept listening. And indeed, after the noises we've just made in your headphones, <laughs> you've offended somebody on the bus next to you. Uh, I thought I had the pitch. That's better. That is better. Like, Adam Pearce turns around and turns straight into the face of the other Dupree. I've got one fear because it's beachwear. I was thinking about this. So, yeah, I had something similar. You know, like the sand you were saying. What about if this is an outside broadcast and they find, <gasps> right, a local, and they're doing the walk and it's all like, it's a catwalk, but it's on the beach. And then, because I'm, I'm constantly looking for something original. I'm constantly looking for something that just hasn't been done, right, in wrestling. If you have them, try to leave the beach only... Like their clothes look to be stylish, like stylishly damaged. Why have they been damaged? Because they've just escaped. Ready? Ready for your mind to be blown? A shark attack. Oh! Sharks in wrestling, never done before. Check. <laughs> AW could never. Sharks on SmackDown. It's uh, I, by the way, and I'm not, I'm not just plucking this out of thin air, right? This week on the Discovery Network, which Fox isn't a part of, but like it's a big American television event. This has been a, like an institution on American television for a lot of years. It's something called um, Shark Week. Oh, yeah. Now, I looked at the Shark Week lineup. Um, Discovery published it, you see, and they mm-hmm. made a big press package and all this sort of stuff. Shark Week, Shark Week, Shark Week. And I couldn't see wrestling featured anywhere mm. on that lineup. So if you ask me, <laughs> this is just SmackDown jumping in that gap. Jumping sh- the shark. Jumping the shark. 
like this podcast is just done, the more I've continued to speak. <laughs> and on that note, we'll wrap it up. Let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight. I always get so excited doing these previews, uh, and then I watch SmackDown and go, oh. oh yes, uh, it was terrible again. <laughs> what culture? Another preview <laughs> that was totally nailed it. In the bank, at What Culture WWE. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Oh, just to tie off a little thing that I said earlier, because it always annoys me when people do this and don't revisit it. Brock Lesnar's last TV match was against Kofi Kingston uh, oh. in, uh, what this have been, October. A whole seven seconds. Yeah, we're bordering on the last ones that me and The podcast's going to go nuts to next month, aren't they? Mm. Like, the pod, it's going to be at, like, we're basically, there's either one or two or three of us off for various reasons. Um, so I like to think that, like, if we're basically using a preview to try and get Brock Lesnar on television... Like, we're going out of, like, normal season on yes. a high. It's like, yeah, they listen. So we talk Brock Lesnar back on the television on the Billion Dollar Wrestling Show. <laughs> See you in a month, guys. Uh, what Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts still to come today, the Rampage preview with, back for one week only, the Rampage Ramp. Ooh. And Wrestle Culture with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz coming your way later on today. Also, if you subscribe, um, dropping into your feed on Monday will be the SmackDown review as soon as it is released. But for now, it's been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.